0: Listening Dog Media.
1: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
0: He's one of England's most capped international players. Seaman is the man here. He's one of the world's most decorated goalkeepers. And it was somehow
2: kept out by Seaman. That is a fantastic save.
0: This is Seaman Says with David Seaman. And Seaman, what a magnificent save. Him. Him. Breathtaking.
3: Like never before. Our final guest of the series is a man who I spent 12 years with at Arsenal, winning the Premier League, FA Cup, and League Cup in the process. Welcome, Mr. Lee Dixon.
0: Siemens, legends of the game.
3: Dicko, I
2: finally got you on
3: my podcast. <laughs> well, if you'd, How are asked,
2: you? if you'd have asked me earlier, I would have come on earlier. I was a bit hurt and offended. I wasn't first on.
1: <laughs> You've got the raw gig, in fairness, Lee. After yesterday,
2: yeah, yeah that's 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 true. I'm surprised his uh, his royal royalty mates aren't on the pod instead of me.
3: <laughs> what um, what did you think of it,
2: Dicko? Um. I think I, I when you sort of get over the disappointment of it, being penalties you're so close to to winning it. But in, in, in all honesty, you know, we didn't deserve to win the final. I thought the Italians were, were the better side. But I don't really care about I don't really care about what, what we deserve and what you know, over the years we've perhaps deserved to, to do better in other other tournaments that we haven't done, you know, the Lampard one over the line. You can go through a load of a load of unlucky thing so um i think the the side of the draw that we got was favorable like the world cup um, mm-hmm. so that was good so we had a bit of luck yeah. there seemed like gareth has got the team playing in such a way and believing and 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 bringing the fans and the press and everybody together as one has really strengthened you know england's um mm. st- st- stature in tournaments I think people look at us now and we we don't we don't we don't seem broken now which is all he's doing you know I think in the past the press I mean when I played back you know my my most of my cats were under Graham Taylor and I I used to when the you know the 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 letter came through to say that i had been called up or the manager pulled you before training and said oh you're in the squad I kind of I had a really started heavy feeling in my chest because I was like, I knew what was coming. I knew that yeah. as soon as we met up with England, you're out of the safe environment of your of your club that I knew day in day out, and you're going into a, an environment where, you know, the press were, were were vile towards the the team and and certainly Graham. I felt really sorry for Graham Taylor. He was he was abused almost as England manager. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a nice environment. So I think that separation between the fans, the the press, and the players. Was huge, but I think what what Gareth's done is he's brought all everybody together, and the press actually want the team to win, and and I think that's a that's a big difference, really. That's a tangible difference, and so moving forward, you know, it's progression. We got to the final, semi final, in the World Cup. So the next obvious step is, you know, Qatar and and that
3: one <laughs> <laughs> actually getting to lift a trophy i yeah. know what you mean no. but yeah i know what you mean about when um when you used to get together like whenever you used to do a press interview and that they always used to feel like they were trying to trip us up yeah you know we'd like you know different like questions and stuff like that whereas now the guys aren't afraid to ask. You know, the, the the press guys aren't afraid to ask, and then the the players just answer. Yeah, and they and they're not bothered anymore. They don't care about you know, like trying to be tripped up or whatever. They just they speak really well in front of camera, and I think all that comes from Gareth, doesn't it?
2: Absolutely. I think what he's you know, I think coming through the the ranks, if you like, from his point of view, it helps with the player relationships because he knows a lot of the younger players. He's he's had them an under twenty ones, and 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 the levels moving up to the first team. So there's a there's a, you know, they call him Gareth. There's a there's a kind of trust there um that he's 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 gonna be honest to him. I think he's been really honest over him. the difficult I spoke to him, you know, before every game I, I he'd give me a call, you know, I, I said to him, can I, can I have some help moving forward when I got the ITV COCOMs because you know how difficult it is, you know, getting your notes, making sure you've got you're sort of on the side of knowing what was happening. And I said, so I don't want you to give me give me the team or whatever beforehand, <laughs> but You're
1: lying. <laughs> you did.
2: <laughs> but he was he was uh, he said, Look, I'll help you as much as I can. And I said and and to to a day, every single day before a before a game he would we'd arrange to you know ring and if he rang and and I missed his call, normally on the golf course. He, um, he'd ring me back, you know, two hours later and he goes, yeah, I missed you, Bicco, you, know, uh, you know, and he'd give me some information. Oh. So I think that, you know, that level of trust he's got with, with everybody around him and, and I think he's built, and that takes takes quite a long time to build that.
1: Do you think and, that, that teams are going to face us differently now? Do you think they're going to treat England? Because if you look at the tournament as a whole, they actually didn't lose a match across 90 minutes. Yeah. So when people say about this favourable draw opening up, which I still find difficult to stomach for this one because Gareth Southgate did all he could to top the group, whereas yeah. everyone was saying, I'll oh, try and become runner-up to get an even easier draw, which actually wouldn't yeah. have materialised as it happened. Yeah. But do you think now the likes of your Portugals, Belgium's, uh, you're going to be bringing in the Argentina, who have just won the Copa America, Brazil. Do you think that those, when they look in the the whites of the England players' eyes now, mm. are going to think, actually, uh, they're not fearing us anymore.
2: Yeah, as, lo- as long as you didn't watch the final. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I do. I, d- I generally think, as I said, I-, I think we're stronger when we're together and the fans and the press and the players all sort of singing from the same hymn sheet and actually, you know... As the goalie said, there's no, there's no trick. They're not trying to trip you up. They're asking questions that they want genuine answers to, as opposed to saying, or oh, want you to say something so they can write about it. So I think, um, you know, that I think that is viewed certainly by the the foreign uh, football associations as, as England are a strong unit now, as opposed to I'm not saying a laughing stock, but there was times, you know, when I was playing that, you know, we were all over the place and things were happening off the pitch and the press were trying to have a go at us and and it was just us, it was an us v them, you know, and we, we felt as a team, I certainly did, felt really isolated and uh, didn't particularly enjoy, you know, they should be the best peak times of your footballing career and I, I didn't particularly enjoy meeting up with England, it was really pressurised and not a nice pressure, these lads are enjoying mm. the nice pressure of success and trust and all that. And there's always going to be pressure because you've got three lions on your chest. So there's always going to be that. But it was, as I said, everybody outside of the the uh, the group wants you to do well. And that certainly wasn't the case. So I think, yeah, teams will look at us now in the future and go, wow, semi-final. you know semi Now they got to a final. You can't not take notice of this England group now because huge amount of talent. I think maybe... Looking back, Gareth might look at his each game because I know how thorough he is looking at, you know, what's gone on and, and analyzing everything. I think he might look back and maybe say, I'm, "I could have been a little bit more positive with our attacking players." Not that, not as much as the fans want because I don't think that's possible. They yeah. want Grealish, Foden, Mount. You know, they want to sack Sterling. They want them all to play. You know, and at the am's, you know, we had um, at the end of it, we had Rashford right wing back and Sterling left wing back at the end of the game. So (laughs) the fans got their wish, but um, I think there's got to be a balance, and I think he might just turn that a little bit more, say positive, it's the wrong word, but more attack based uh, maybe next time out. But how how impressed
3: were you with the um, with the defence? You know, because there was big question marks, weren't they, before the tournament? Um, you know, there a few there was a few question marks actually, like as in Sterling, um yeah. even even pitford, You know, there was a there was a few that were like, Oh hang on, will they will they play or will, they, will he play are Willie players in pitford Um but the defence was brilliant, mm-hmm. wasn't
2: it? Yeah, it was. And I think uh you know, I think Gareth was a bit concerned going into it because of uh Harry Maguire about him being injured. And he was a bit worried. That's why he was tinkering with maybe going back to a three because I don't think he could rely on or he felt as if he couldn't rely against the better teams with just two centre-backs. So he was hoping that Maguire would come good at some point during the tournament, which he did. And he came in and was exceptional. So the fact that he's, you know, got a relationship with, with John Stones now that seems very strong... Walker is one of the best sweep-up men you've got in world football because he's so oh. quick. You know, he's sometimes positionally he's out, but and somebody else is out. But he just, you know, his recovery runs are, are brilliant. And sure has just turned into, you know, the player that Jose Mourinho wished he'd have been at Man United. So he's <laughs> uh, he's now knocking the lights out. And uh, so the back four looks really strong at the moment with a huge amount of backup with a with a fifth, I'm the only right fullback that didn't get in the squad, so I'm, I'm a bit gutted about that. <laughs> <laughs> so,
3: so, who um, who impressed you the most for England?
2: Um, I'll probably say Sterling. I think he's yeah. you know, he, obviously his goals changed, changed the games that that uh, that were leading up to the end of the tournament. But I thought. His, his ability to, to carry the ball and, and threaten and defend. Did, you know, we saw last night, even the Italians, as soon as he got the ball and got in the box, there was five around him, but well, none of them could, could touch him because he was so scared of giving a penalty away or a non-penalty, as we should say.
3: <laughs>
2: um, so I think he was, he was pretty impressive. I think, uh, you know, if you look at uh, defensively, they were really strong as a group. Um, you know, Saka made those big Im- big impressions when he got into the side. Uh, you, you know, he was... Obviously, he will never forget this tournament for numerous reasons, but
1: yeah. I think he's
2: got to try and put that, you know, to the back of his mind. And he's a kid, you know, he'll forget that. Kids, kid, that won't damage him. That will only make him better. He'd sort of damage an old fella like me. If I miss one, I'll be like, well, I'm never going to get a chance again to do that. So he's got a million opportunities to score penalties in shootouts again because he will be there for a long time so
1: that's interesting that you say that because i think that is a lot of england fans concerns today is that it's damaged him that, that no. there's a 19 year old kid in there yeah. that had way too much responsibility put on his shoulders i mean having this this conversation that you've got with gareth and considering that jack grealish has come out since and said that he did want to take one I just wondered what was what was going through in his mind there because there's not many things that I would question Gareth over this yeah. tournament at all but I think that was the one thing that i don't I don't understand
2: well you have to take it into context if right so we agree that um that Gareth's an honest bloke we we agree on that we've you yeah. know he's proved that we agree that the players trust him uh, all of the players are capable of of taking a penalty it's just kicking a ball 12 yards it's not that hard um, <laughs>
3: just how many it looked difficult to save yeah. it you know
2: <laughs> <laughs> so it so if you if you logically if you go right because he, he would he wouldn't have said to you know you have we have to all agree on that he wouldn't have said to Saka you're taking the last penalty and that's it he wouldn't have gone he wouldn't have said yeah. that to him so there will have been an element of conversation leading up, his preparation is key for him. So in training that week or all of the f- four weeks he'd been away, they've been taking penalties. And Saka, even though he's he doesn't take them for Arsenal, he would have taken them in training and been smashing them in the top corner, or doing whatever he does to put them in the net. And at some point, there would have been a conversation about if it goes to penalties any game, who are our penalty takers? And Gareth would have gone, there's my five if they're still on the pitch. These are the options if these are taken off. I'm telling you, it would have been down to the detail. So, fine, Grealish coming out now and saying, I would have took one. I've seen, I'm not suggesting this is the case, but in hindsight, those conversations that players say, oh, I would have took them the day after. Normally, when the manager says, who wants to take a penalty? You can't see anybody's hands. Let alone yeah. you know it's but one of them oh,
1: do did, you, do you think it was a moment do you think it was a moment though where it he was completely caught up in the football and that sounds like a ridiculous thing to say because of course it was about winning mm. but for a manager who's been so in tune with issues in society his players and what what's important to them
2: yeah
1: there had been two players who'd both been black and missed a penalty, and we knew there was going to be racist abuse. We knew that from the Rashford one, and and fans did online. And there was the fact that he'd missed one himself and the redemption factor. I just wondered if there would have been any of that coming into play when that final kick was being selected, whether it changed his mind.
2: No, no, he would have... i guarantee he would have had his five and then he would have got down we took we saw him trying to brush two players on to get take penalties so they were obviously in his net in his next selection of right i'm going to take him off he's off so he can't take one right get these two on because they can take. do you want to take you you were in the group last week to take penalties are you okay to take him yes boss i'm on those two come flying on so you've got those two you've got harry Kane. You've got whoever, I forget who else taken because I'm, I'm just trying to make. Maguire Maguire's penalty, penalty, penalty. penalty is Maguire's insane. Is yeah. <laughs> in so you've got, got those characters. And we've been in penalty shootout groups before they've gone. And goalie will tell you, you know, it's like he's not, it wasn't as sophisticated as all the research that they've done on these ones. And they've had years of looking at penalties, five year research packets gone on penalties. They, uh, you know, I was whoever it was. Arsenal would go, who fancies one, and it's one of them. Well, no, I don't. You know, you see the hands disappearing. You know, and big characters who, who you think, oh, I'll, I'll take him into a fight with me, and we've got to do this. He's next to me. Martin Keon would be one of them. You cannot get him put to put his hand above his waist when it's penalty. He wants to take a penalty because he's not interested. It's not him, and I'm not having to go at him. I'm just that's a factual thing. So there's no way that Gareth would have put anybody up there who didn't fancy it. So the fact that he was last, and Gareth made a lot of decisions over the, the period of the, of the uh, tournament where at the beginning of the tournament, everyone was going, what's he doing? Why is he playing like that? Why is he doing that? Why ain't not Grealish playing? Why isn't this playing? I'm Foden on now. And there was a lot of noise and he went, this is the team, this is how we're going to play. Da, 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 da. And he churned out the results. And as the tournament went on, at any one point, where it could have gone wrong against the Germans, you know, we when we when we matched them up, it could have gone wrong against the Scots. It nearly went wrong. At any one of the point, he, and he said that in his interviews, I could have quite easily been absolutely ridiculed for that decision. So you go to the penalty shootout, and he decides that that you know a nineteen-year-old is going to take the last penalty because a mutual decision. Because there's no way Saka would have gone. You know, it might have yeah. been. He might have felt under pressure because he'd said yes in training during the week. At that moment, if you, in all honesty, if you'd have said to him, right, no one's listening now, you said you want to take it and you're going to walk up, you don't have to, you can step behind me, he might well have stepped behind you because he might have gone, I really don't. But at that point, he's made that decision. Gareth's a hero. He goes up and, and scores. Gareth made another decision. One of those decisions that could have flipped either way it just so happens that that decision knocked us out and lost us the trophy. So you have to put it into context of how important it is. And which in hindsight, it was all saying, well, a 19-year-old shouldn't have took it. He 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 has knocked over every single barrier that Saka has had in front of him. When he shouldn't have been, when people said, oh, he's too young, he's not this. he's He carried Arsenal on his back the whole of last season. So one, you know, and it wasn't... It wasn't the worst penalty I've seen. You know, if Keeper goes the other way, it goes in. But it, he read it and it was at a height that was saveable. But it was worse. But I mean, Rashford's was worse. He missed a bloody target. Yeah, um, so <laughs> that goes in and it's completely different. And then someone else, you know, you go to extra time and, and have penalties and somebody else misses or scores. So it's a sliding doors moment. So I wouldn't be critical of his decision to give Saka the... You know it's easy to go it's easy to jump go 19 year olds shouldn't be taken. Why not? Because he's no experience well yep. he's got no fear he's never taken one before because I tell you when you've taken one in a big game and I've done this and missed your next one is ten times harder than the one that before you missed, so he hadn't missed one before, so in a way he's kind of got no scar tissue to go over before he hits it. he has now <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's a big scar now. <laughs> how how um how do you feel that the the final and the loss on penalties will affect them going into the uh, to the World Cup? No, uh, at all. No, qualifiers.
2: I don't think it will affect them at all. I think it'll. Um, I, I really, I really believe in what he's created. I think they've got a really solid, you know, base, and they'll all, you know, give the high fives and get that 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 spirit together. I think they all believe in themselves. I don't think it's the only thing is the way the game went they might look at the game and go do you know what they might have the realization of we are we are quite a way off italy from a from a, a team mm. performance point of view on our best day we can but i think they've shown in a tournament they were pretty good most games weren't they you know they were pretty good yeah and we I in-
3: watched them against um, yeah i watched them against belgium and i was like yeah. wow that was a some performance and then I watched them against Spain and I thought, oh, yeah. well, we've got a chance here. But the Belgium game, I was really impressed. And then, like you say, the way that they kept the ball and they were, they were really neat and tidy. You know, the two defenders, as much as we tried to make them sound really old and, you know, that we could get out yeah. of them because they'd be vulnerable, they were absolutely brilliant, weren't yeah. they, on the oh, night?
1: they read it brilliantly, yeah. didn't they? I mean, what does this mean for yeah. Italy then going into the World Cup? Are they now favourites?
2: Well, they certainly, when you've got a trophy, you know, to to back up your bravado, then you know, and they've got a bit of that as well, haven't they? They've got a bit of look at us how good we are, and they are good. Um, they look <laughs> amazing in their suits, and they've all got. brilliant. I'm trying to grow my <laughs> Italian haircut for the World Cup. <laughs> um, so yeah, they'll they'll be up there because they, you know, we saw against Spain that even when they don't, you know, Spain were the better side on that night, and they should have won. But they Italians find a way of winning when they don't play well, you know. And we've done that to a certain extent in this tournament. But they—they've been doing that for years. And this run they're on now is—it's not a fluke that they can churn out uh, a win yeah. like that. Um, so I think, yeah, definitely. But you know, that, as you said before, Lindsay, the, the, um, the World Cup's a different ball game. Again, it's a different—it's a different format. You know that some in some ways the European Championships is a little bit, I say, harder to win. It's just you're straight into the big team. Well, not not the format that they did this year because it's like, you know, you could you could basically just turn up and get through to the knock. You know, the knockout stages. I I, well, I didn't agree with that three through on the group stage, but normally you sort of straight out of the groups and you're into the big team straight away. So. Um, with the World Cup you can go progress a little bit further but you've got a a, a bigger bunch of big teams and certainly as you said when the South Americans turn up and the African Nations and all that it sort of makes it a little bit uh, more juicy doesn't it yeah (laughs)
0: says in conversation
3: right now I've got you on deco I've got to ask you this oh, question with, with your with your Arsenal head on Henri or Burkham? <laughs> <laughs> that, that easy that, I know but that's where I, I do I always say to Erie yeah well, yeah you're I a do dog. what do you I know? just felt <laughs> <laughs> I know how to watch out for your <laughs> back passes. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I, I just felt that you know, obviously for me, I felt Thierry affected the game in in more areas. You know, he could get the ball yeah. it, like inside our box almost, or just outside and then run the whole yeah. end of the pitch. And
2: uh, I, I, I know what you, know, you mean. But, I just, for, I, I guess I'm slightly biased because uh, Dennis offered me more than than Thierry. Thierry would be yeah. He he'd come short and he'd show, but Dennis got me out of trouble. If I was in trouble, he kind of he'd pop up in an area that I could hit the ball to him, and I and I always found yeah. him available. Thierry, I didn't, so I had to find him a little bit more. So from my point of view, he was a, you know better link up player for me, and I just think, I mean, it's listen, it's it's there's nothing in it to be honest with you but I, I've yeah. just got a soft spot for Dennis's, you know no luck pass or uh, you know that little inside ball for Freddie's little runs and and he'd score, he'd score his fair share as well and the way he kicked a ball it was just very Dutch somehow I mean how do the Dutch kick it I don't know but they just <laughs> they seem to kick it different than we
3: do with style right direction <laughs>
2: probably that's what it is
1: <laughs> no toe poking
3: <laughs> so, so what about here's another question for you what is your favourite Arsenal moment I think I know the answer to these
2: questions. well yeah and I've you do but I've morphed I've morphed a bit into a sort of two answers to this so obviously 89 Arsenal 89 at Anfield it doesn't really get any better than that from a from a feeling point of view that when Michael goes through and scores I mean that moment when it hits the net it's you know I get goosebumps thinking about it now and it's uh, it's just a sensational end to a, to an amazing season it was my first full season at Arsenal so it was like wow is this what it's like every year oh <laughs> we also common my first season we yeah. won the league as well <laughs> but I think when but and I my the biggest memory that has every emotion going in but I don't think I played in a game that had every single emotion that you could possibly possibly go through on a football pitch. Um and that has to be the semi final against United. The gigs final oh, yeah. uh, they're Yeah because and we lost it. So you'd think, well why haven't you wipe that from your memory? But from the from that first that replay, from the first minute to the to the last minute, it was just the biggest roller coaster of a game ever. You know, you know, Beckham scoring, all of that. You know that everything. It's just and also in the team, yeah. in the. Remember in the uh, in the dressing room before the game, the la, uh, I think it was uh, I can't remember his right. Somebody it might have been Dennis or someone said to me, "Oh, the team. You know, uh, Ricey used to put the team sheet on, put the team sheet up, and." Yeah. He Alex Ferguson had left a couple of players out because they had the semi final of the um, Champions League against Juventus League. a few days later or the weekend whatever, so he'd rested a few and Giggsy was on the bench, and I think he was Dennis went oh Dicko you're lucky so and uh, so Giggsy's on the bench and I saw sort of I looked up and I went and I said who's playing and he went Blomquist and I went and they were like you're so lucky and I went hang on a minute how is that lucky and they were like well you're not playing against I said. What, you think he's going to sit on the bench the whole time? I said, I'll tell you what happened. I said, I'll be running my knackers off. Said, Jesper Blomqvist for probably about 75 minutes, and then Giggs is going to get up with 15 minutes to go, start warming up down the line, and I'm going to look at him and go... And I swear to God, he, when he was warming up, he looked over, and he went, Dicko, I'm coming on. And I looked at him, and I went, oh, for God's sake. So <laughs> by the time he got on, I was absolutely knackered. And <laughs> my five tackles to try and bring him down and didn't hit him with any of them. We won't go on what well, happened after yeah. that, eh, hey, Dave?
3: Now I know, yeah, yeah. Smashed it above my head. <laughs> I, moved, I was moving on the when the ball was coming back <laughs> out. <laughs> it did hit the back of the net and then come out. Well, that oh, you know that that, was, strike, that's,
2: that whole game. I had every and obviously it ended in a massive low, but it just—I sat in the dressing room after me. Me and uh, Tony Adams went into their dressing room straight after and and said, "Good luck in the final." It was the hardest words out of my mouth I've
3: ever. I, I
2: went. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but I just thought
2: it was just—I wanted.
3: By the way, Carlo will be loving this because he's I, a Man United God. fan.
2: <laughs> so uh, and then we got in the dressing room and I was—I remember sitting there thinking. Wow, I've just played in one of the most amazing football matches that's ever been played. It was just bang, bang, bang. When Keane got sent off, he was like, we've won it, Dennis. God, sc- what are you doing, Dennis? So I'm changing my <laughs> answer previously. Thierry Henry. <laughs> Brilliant. <Aww. laughs>
3: what, um, Dick, what about Arsenal next season?
2: Hang on. Tails. I don't know. I I think you know we are in the middle of a a project. Hopefully, with Arteta, you know I I think I believe he's a very good coach. From what I hear from the training ground, you know the players like enjoy his training and learning from him. But we've got we've fallen so far behind that to get anywhere near where we were, and let's face it, where we well where we were, we were winning the league. Then they, you know. Then it became qualifying for the Champions League. You know, and then it became qualifying for the Europa League, and now it's qualifying for the Europa District Under Under Twenties <laughs> Cup, or whatever it's called. And then it's like, so you know, we are falling so far behind that you know it's going to take a, a lot of time, a lot of work, a lot of money, or you go right, throw everybody out, just play the kids. They're not going to do that. So there's, there's, does he get enough money to, to get the players he wants in? History would suggest Kroenke might not give him that. So it's, it, it, I don't, don't expect that much different from last year.
1: Do you just buy one or two Warriors? You've got Kieran Tierney, mm-hmm. but you haven't got those those fighters anymore. That, I think there's, a, there's something to do with the Arsenal culture that's changed yeah. since you both were there.
2: No, I, I completely agree with you. I think the uh, the recruitment has been poor um, and we haven't recruited the right... You know, hopefully Ben White comes and that deal gets sealed because I think he's got the right sort of character. It's a big thunderstorm going on. Oh, wow. Did you hear that? Yeah. Yeah. The dog heard it as well. <laughs> um, so that, you know... The character of the team has is, is definitely waned, and I think the recruitment has to be based around bringing the whatever youngsters we've got coming through underneath the group that's now. And I, I don't know off the top of my head whether that's any good or not. Um, but yeah, we, you know, we've lost. It's funny, really, because we've lost Xhaka who, who I, you know, we've all been critical of him, and he had a great tournament because he. Uh, You know that the the slower international um, football suited him, and it'll suit him playing in Italy. He'll he'll go and he'll be brilliant for Roma, and I'm sure he'll surely be a a top player. But he just wasn't good enough to play in the Premier League at Arsenal as that central midfield player. So we have got huge amount of holes to fill. So even if you sign one or two warriors, you still got to have quality. You know, in order to be able to use that strength to then get. You know, beat the opposition. So I I really, I'm really worried about how long this is going to take.
3: And how long, how long do you think Arteta will get if it's not the best start in the world?
2: Well, you know, well, the best thing for uh, quite a few managers last season was having no fans in. You know, there's quite quite a few of them lasted longer than perhaps they would have done. And soon as this, the grounds are full up you know, you're, you're going to get that pressure and you're going to have to play a certain way because the crowd won't let you play around at the back and keep giving goals away. If, you, if you're doing that, then they'll be on the, you know, they'll start making themselves vocal and then all of a sudden you start launching a few. So, the, he'll come under a lot more pressure next season if they don't have a good start, that's for sure. And they've got the yeah. mighty bees first game as well.
3: <laughs> <Away>. <laughs> That'll be a test for him. That'll be a big test. Can I just ask you something? Sorry, just while you're there, um, this, something's been on my mind. Because uh, there's a whole young generation that has um, never seen you play, but with the commentary and the FIFA stuff on the computer games, I just wanted to ask you, has that kind of opened you up to, uh, to loads of people that hasn't has it endeared you to a younger
2: generation of, of football fan that has, um, has never actually seen you play on the pitch? Well, you say that, I mean, it works both ways because my daughter's boyfriend plays FIFA and every time she comes home from work and he's got me on, she opens the door and says, turn me dad off, will you? <laughs> so, it's not always a good thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, all of this media stuff, as, as much as we enjoy doing it, it's all, you know, there's a there's a sort of plan going on to keep yourself relevant and keep your face in front of people so they don't, they forget because... I, I and it'll it'll be the same. You forget how long ago you retired. You know, somebody asked me a while ago and he said, "How long ago did you retire?" And I went about twelve. I'm uh, whoa, whoa, you know, I'm um, twenty years next year. Are you? Like, wow! What the? Where did that go? So
1: that was where I was just entering the media industry. <laughs>
2: there you go is it, so, but is it, is
3: it enjoyable to do though do you, do you go in there and do you read the scripts together or is it just something you're, you know dialed in on or,
2: yeah the FIFA stuff is that FIFA is absolutely brutal it's 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 the hardest gig I've ever done because you get I mean you obviously know the game don't you yeah I do yeah of course it's been going oh it's been going for over 20 years I mean and it's well, what I'm saying is you've heard it so every single line every single every single word I say obviously has to be recorded but it all has to be done in in order and you all have to do so you go in and you do 15 days recording uh, full days spread over about 3 or 4 months because you can't you can't do more than 3 days on a spin because your voice goes because you I might be in the, you're in the booth for like six hours a day. So you might do goals and they go, right, we're doing 10 minutes of goals. So I'll, I, and they'll go, right, the goal comes in from the right and it's a header. So you have to do, and you have to do, they'll go. And so you do one and you go on the ball, and he's got well and far post and he's headed it back, whatever you say. Uh, and because it's a goal, you're at the top of your range because you're like screaming it down the microphone. And then they'll go. Okay, right. We need another twenty of them, all different. <laughs> everyone different. And you're like, ah. Oh. So you have to do, like do twenty off straight away because you, you you're in there. Time is money, and the longer you stay. finding that, that excitement box, somewhere as well, like the, yeah. the fel- so yeah. when, you, when you've done twenty of them, you go to doing just talking pre-match about. Yeah, it's a lovely night, and it's the semi-final, the Champions League. So every single. Version you have to do, know, it's the semi final, the Europa League, it's the semi final, the fourth round of the Champions League. It's the semi, it's like, oh, it's just brutal. <laughs> and then do you have to get the player names right, or the you know, a lot of the, the foreign players. That... Well, fortunately, I don't do player names, that's like the commentator, but so I he goes in two hours before I go in just to do players' names. So he'll be in from eight till 10, and I turn up at 10 o'clock, and, and Derek Ray's sitting in, sitting in. Uh, in a booth, and he's got his head in the book, and he's and he's saying he'd probably have to say Messi's name fifty different ways. So he'll go Messi, 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 Messi. It looks like he's got mad, and then he'll go Ronaldo, 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 and he does that for about two hours. It's like mind-numbing. Oh, it's just <laughs> so it's what? incredible because obviously the, the the generation
3: that are obviously tech-savvy and love the podcast and stuff. Will I mean EA and the, and the FIFA stuff is so huge. I mean they go around to the different clubs uh, in the Premier League and get yeah. players to play against each other and that kind of yeah, stuff. It's, yeah, It's huge within the culture. I've
2: never played one game. <laughs> <Neither> <laughs> no, I, really. I wouldn't I even know, never, wouldn't even know how it. to turn the machine on.
1: <laughs> you said about staying relevantly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, as long as my voice is on it it doesn't matter as long as, I, don't, I just don't know I couldn't bear to play and listen to myself so I'd be criticising myself why have you said that do you know what the funny, I'll tell you this funny story before. there was a guy on Twitter and he was obviously playing it and he, and he was having a go at me and he went can't, what, why does Dixon keep saying I'm offside I wasn't offside and I was like so I, tell, I, put, I went on the thing and I went. You do realise it's not live, don't you? He's like, because he was having a go at my commentary, as if I was doing it there and then in his room. And I was like, well, and he and he just went. You just said I was offside, and it wasn't. He was miles up. And I was like, no, I'm I'm in my house, and I'm I'm, I'm not playing your game. It's like really weird. This guy. Was just, I had to let it go in the end because he was just. Yeah brilliant
3: mate I've loved having you all pal well, Thank Prince you very Andrew much. next is it who have you got on next yeah i just just dropped in my number <laughs> so I'm waiting Kate Moss <laughs> exactly cheers <laughs> oh, <at least> <laughs> thanks for that mate see you love soon. you pal see you
1: later bye
0: this Is a listening dog media production.
1: Sports Social
0: Podcast Network.